Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for listening today to this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I am Mark Cravens, your podcast and radio broadcast host. It's a joy to join with you today, wherever you may be listening, as we share together another story of hope and redemption. It's great to have with me today, all the way over in Virginia, there in the Blue Ridge Mountains, it's good to have Carolyn Dale Newell. Carolyn, welcome to today's Hope Along the Journey episode. Thank you, Mark. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, and this has been quite a feat. It seems like every time we turn around, something kept us from from getting this recorded. But we're finally getting this done, aren't we? Yes. That's great. And uh, for those of you that may not know who Carolyn is, she is a dynamic speaker taking her message of conquering emotional bondage to faith-based women's events. She is a certified power speaker with the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, and she also holds a certificate in biblical and theological foundations from the Tony Evans Training Center, where she's continuing her studies. Carolyn has authored several books, including Faith That Walks on Water, Conquering Emotional Bondage with the Armor of God, which is set to release, I believe, in November of 2022 from Redemption Press. She's also written Eyes of Faith, Winning the Battle Between Our Feelings and Our Faith, Overcoming the Overwhelming, that sounds good, Victorious, Walking in Victorious Faith, When You Don't Feel Victorious, and then her beloved Guide Dog Tales, that center around her guide dog named Iva. Tell us a little bit about Iva, if you would. (laughs) Everybody loves Iva. (laughs) So she is a beautiful seven-year-old black lab, and um, people people just flock to her. She's a wonderful ministry partner. Um, I think they come to see her. You know, <laughs> they come back to the back table to see her. Definitely. I know. And, um, it's people like she dogs. has her own little yeah. ways of trying to help and comfort people herself. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm a dog lover myself, so I, I get it. And I know how for people who love dogs, I'm sure she's extremely charming. So now, Carolyn, back to your story. And I want us to take a, some time here today now and... Uh, for people to hear what you have to say, what's happened in your life. But if we could, let's go back and start a little bit with maybe your childhood, your upbringing. Tell us a little bit about the early days of your life. Okay. Well, one question um, many people ask me was, was I born blind? And no, I wasn't. But I was likely born with this genetic visual disorder. And back in that day, they just didn't have a way to recognize that. Okay. So when I was in second grade, my mom noticed that I was 
holding my school books too close to my face to read them. And so they started taking me from one eye specialist to another. And um, so it it was uh, to the point that I needed to have like large print books in school. And when they did the test, they would uh, type them off like on a large, I think they had a large print typewriter and stuff. And that's pretty much how I got through school. Uh, after high school, in my 20s, I noticed my vision got a little bit worse. And uh, I needed something called a CCTV, which looks like a computer monitor, but it has a camera under it and it reflects the print up onto the screen and you can make it as large as you want. And that worked for many years, but 10 years ago, my vision started leaving me in a hurry. And uh, actually, actually it's been about 11 years because in 2010, it was the last time I saw my eye doctor before he passed away. And he said, well, I believe your vision has stabilized and will not get worse. So then when it did get worse, I was, you know, very confused about what was going on because you're told one thing and and you're actually seeing another thing. Right, right. And um, it, that was the time when they started having the injections for macular degeneration, mm -hmm. which is what they had told me I had. Well, when I went to a specialist at that point, they diagnosed me with something different. So I wasn't able to use those injections for macular degeneration. It's it's a rare genetic disorder called Rod's Cone's dystrophy. It's very similar to RP or retinitis pigmentosa if anyone has that. But I know a lot of people do suffer with macular de degeneration and that vision loss is very similar to that. So um, it was at that time that I had to learn to live like a blind person. And that was very challenging, especially at 50 years old. Wow. Yeah. 50 years of age. We were talking earlier, as we get older, change isn't easy for us, let alone to have to go through that kind of dramatic change in your life. What, what, right. What was it like at that point for you? I mean, were you, what were you feeling during that time? Was there a great deal of sadness? Were you battling any depression? What, what what were some of the things that were going on in your life as you came to realize that in time you would be sightless? Well, there was some sadness. Mm -hmm. I have dealt with depression, but not concerning my vision. The, the sadness was more like a grief. Okay. And it was explained to me that it is normal to grieve the loss of your vision. Mm -hmm the loss of your hearing, like you would a loss of an arm or a leg, there is going to be a grieving period, just like you would have when you lose a loved one. Absolutely. Because you, you are losing a very big part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, it was not one of these overnight things for me. It was so, you know, so gradual until that one year when it just was like an avalanche. It was just like all at once. It just, you know, deteriorated. Right. Um, at that time, and I was fearful mm -hmm. and I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I wanted 
I had that need to know. I right. wanted to know. I wanted to know, okay, so how do I do laundry? How do I know how to get dressed? How do I cook? Because I'm already starting to have troubles, you know, trouble flipping a hamburger or something like that. Right. How do I know when food is done? You know, I had all these questions. And the major one was, how do I continue doing my Bible study? Because I had certain commentaries and study Bibles that I used on that CCTV. And although it took me a long time to read them, I didn't want to lose that. Um, So the Lord had saved me when I was 33. So I didn't have the Lord to lean on as a child and as a teenager going through this. But when I realized I had to face this major sight loss, I did know I'd been through enough things. Cause like I said, I was 50 by, by then I had been through enough things to know that God is faithful. Amen. Uh, he yeah. was faithful through my husband's leukemia. He was faithful through my depression and my wayward daughter. And I knew he'd be faithful through this, but I just needed some answers. Mm-hmm. And the day I got those answers, I had a visit from a counselor from the Department for the Blind and Vision Impaired. That day, I got the answers. Not necessarily how to do each one, but there's a way to do that. You know how everybody says there's an app for that? Well, right. you know, that's right. kind of like it was. There's something to do. You know, there's a way to do that. There's a way to do that. And so basically, blind people just live differently. We do the same things sighted people do. We just do them differently. It's fascinating. So there was a huge learning curve for you probably to learn all of these devices or ways to be able to do the things that you've done and continue to do. And uh, that, that to me is, is, a, is fascinating. I have some friends that were, were blind and it just always amazed me how they were able to navigate, how they were able to get around, how in many ways a normal life they could live because of so many things today that people didn't have 20, 30 years ago. So Yes, and I suppose you're referring to technology. Technology because, and a lot of yes. you know, different things that, that they have today that are just amazing. It's like I have friends who are blind that have Facebook pages. And oh, sure. It's just amazing to me that, you know, when I found that out, Discover, I thought, you got to be kidding me. That's incredible. That's wonderful, you know? But that, that lost, is great. I lost my sight at the best possible time it could have been to lose my sight. Apple had just created Siri on the iPhone. Right. And um, so all this new stuff that you're talking about was at my fingertips. I didn't know it quite then because... The Department for the Blind was a little behind. You know, they were behind the times. They weren't ready to sell people on an iPhone or anything. And they, uh, so they insisted that I learn Braille. And that was one of the hardest things. It was so difficult because you have six little tiny dots right under your fingertip. And you got to figure out which which letter or set of letters that little Um, you know, section of dots represents. And I would get so frustrated, but I would pray during my Braille lessons. I would just Mm -hmm. send up a silent prayer. God, I need your grace. I need your grace. Right. 
and he would come through for me. Amen. Now, were you living alone at that time 10 years ago? What Were you by yourself? Was, uh, was your husband, st- is he still alive, still living? What, what was going yes. on 10 years ago? Yes, my husband is still alive 22 years after they gave him 12 to 18 months to live. So I'm just saying that to encourage anyone else out there. That is amazing. (laughs) Yes. And so he, he has been, you know, great through it all. It's had to, it's brought a lot of change to his life too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, living with someone who can't see. He has to pick his clothes up now. He can't throw them on the floor, right? Well, at least the shoes. (laughs) (laughs) We husbands, we are notorious for just throwing something down and leaving it there. With good intention now, Carolyn, good intention. We're going to come back, and we are going to pick that up eventually. So, well, that's wonderful. So then how how many years ago was it then that Iva came into your life? Okay, so I've only had Iva for about five and a half years. Okay. not only did the uh, Department for the Blind not feel great about iPhones at that time, uh, they weren't too keen on guide dogs either. Really? <laughs> and I think it's a personal thing. And I remember when I finally went to train with my guide dog that I talked with other students up there and, and they were telling me the same thing, that it seems like these guys want to give you a cane and they want you to live your life walking with that cane because they, they're they just, you know, that's what they went to school to learn was to teach mobility and navigation. And that cane is it. But I will tell you, a guide dog opened up a whole new world of independence for me. Wow. Um, and it is just it is amazing. Yeah. And so a lot of times when you were talking about not even realizing that people are blind, sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of times people will see me with her and, and say, Oh, are you training her? And I think that's because she leads me so well. That's amazing. That yeah. it doesn't look like I'm having trouble. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. That is great. And of course, I'm sure she's great companionship too for you. Yes, she's, she is. And she yes, probably she seldom is. ever leaves your side. I'm, imagine. Yeah. Pretty much, right. Yeah. Well, let's go back now, and, and because, you know, Carolyn, as I talk to you, one of the things I sense is that you you do have a lot of joy. You, you're living a full life. But how did you transition? What began to take place that opened up the doors for you to be who you are today, to author the, the books that you've authored, to do what you're doing? Tell us a little bit about that journey into ministry out of the out of the loss and the grief that was in your life at one time. Tell us how you moved and transitioned into that. The last few weeks that I was finishing up my Braille classes, God was placing on my heart to start writing devotionals to encourage people. Because of the time I had sent up those silent prayers and I had seen that he could help me. Mm-hmm. The times when I'd been out with my white cane and seen how he got me through something that, you know, I was out of the ordinary or something that day. And so um, I started writing uh, devotionals at that point. The Department for the Blind wanted me to use a computer. And at that time, Mark, I did not use a computer and I was so set against it. But when God called me to write, okay, I'll give your computer a chance. And so um, it worked. 
I started out by emailing my devotionals out. And then okay. about a year later, I got to um I got to writing them on Facebook and then I moved to a website and everything. But the reason I was able to do all that was I knew God had a purpose when there was no healing for this. At first, uh, a specialist thought they were going to have something as simple as a pill that they were doing clinical trials on that would stop the vision loss, but it never came to fruition. So when God didn't provide healing, I knew God was up to something. Now, if he had told me, okay, you're going to be an author and a speaker, I would have probably locked myself up in my room and said, oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) But he showed me how he could help me come through those things, you know, the, the, the learning curves and everything. He showed me how I could get through that. He took the fears away and I learned to trust in him. And that's why my passion is emotional bondage, because we can hold, fear can hold us hostage Mm -hmm. and we can just not move forward with anything. But God didn't, doesn't want us to live like that. He did not give us fear. He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so just like Iva leads me, and I don't know where she's going exactly, but she does. God leads me. And I'm just, you know, holding on to him and he's leading me one step at a time. And in these 10 years, I've I've been able to have that joy that you speak of. And as I was reading 1 John chapter 1 the other day, I noticed that John said, I write these things because I want your joy to be full. John wanted us to have intimacy with God. Right. And sometimes I don't think we spend enough time with him to have that. And so I believe that has played a major part because I can look back and I can see where I would read that verse and think, well, my joy isn't full. Mm-hmm. And I can recall where when I first realized I was losing my sight, you know, I realized it myself. It went against what the doctor said. And I felt hopeless, mm-hmm. you know, 22 years ago when they told my husband he had 12 to 18 months to live. I felt hopeless, right? but as we walk with God, and this is what I want your readers, your listeners, I'm sorry, to, to take away is that he is faithful. He is so Mm -hmm. faithful. Mm -hmm. And though he may allow us to travel some very rough roads, we never travel them alone. That's true. That's right. Yes. And we just need to spend that time with him, develop that intimate relationship with him, mm-hmm. and just curl up on his lap and let him love us. You know, I, Carolyn, I appreciate you saying what you've said, because I, I do believe that a lot of Christians, they, they long, they really do long for that intimacy, yes. but it seems like, you know, like the old carrot before the horse, it just seems like. They never get there. Or maybe it's just something for a few of God's elite people to experience is that intimacy with God. But 
But I believe as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing you say that that intimacy of knowing God and knowing him well is really available to all of us if it we will is. apply ourselves. It is. Yeah. But it goes against the busy schedule we live. Oh, yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said because it really this it intrigues me. And of course, one of your books talks about this matter of emotional bondage. Um fear, I know, is probably one of the great emotions that hold people in in into bondage. Do you think would there be another emotion that you think a lot of people deal with that may also as well seem to hold them in emotional bondage? There are quite a few. Um and I address several of them in that mm-hmm. book that's coming up. Worry would be the second one, I would oh, say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the feelings of rejection. Mm-hmm. Because I, as a child, I had to deal with teasing. Okay. And so mm-hmm. uh, whenever I, I found that whenever I faced rejection as an adult, you know, you didn't get invited to go with the ladies to the beach or something, you know, mm-hmm. first thing I go to is why not? I would have loved that. Oh, I guess I'm a burden. There you go. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be blind to right. feel rejected. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be blind to, to feel unacceptable or unloved. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that is a lot of the major problems women have. And I also believe that, a lot of women struggle with believing how much God loves them too, because they just don't know. They don't understand. We can't in this world, mm-hmm. but we have to know and have to believe it. Yes. Because he does love us like no one else Amen. could. And Amen. he, he wants to help us. He does. And Carolyn, it it doesn't just seem to apply to people that have some kind of a, a disability or a handicap it is amazing to me how when even in talking and pastoring all these years and, and working with people who are very gifted, very attractive, they seem to have everything in life going for them, and yet they feel so unloved and unworthy. It is really amazing to me how those feelings can captivate us, even when everyone else looking on would say, why in the world would you feel that way? You know, right. you, you appear to be somebody that's got everything going, but yet, as you've said, and as I've witnessed, there are just a lot of people, especially women, who just feel that sense of that I'm un, unworthy, I'm undesirable, I'm unlovable, and and yet they're extremely talented people. Yeah, I think a lot of it sometimes has to do with somebody in their past has made them feel that way, mm-hmm. or something has or maybe they've just not been exposed to the the parts of God's word right. that really explain you know like he tells us we are his masterpiece he is yes. you know mm-hmm. his workmanship and that word in the greek means beautiful point which i'm sure you know that more than i do i mean think about that Folks, you're his beautiful poem. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But the enemy knows that our mind is the first place he can attack. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to go to, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and 
take those thoughts captive yes. because those thoughts become emotions. Yes. Yeah. Because what we believe affects how we think and then what we think affects how we feel. And that's then exactly right. So many and of our what we feel. Yeah. What we feel affects how we act. That's exactly right. And then we have the results that come or the lack thereof. And yet it all comes back oftentimes to some core belief that isn't right, which again yes. affects the way we think and then again impacts how we feel. So I you know, I love to hear hear what you're saying because I believe this strongly more today now than ever before, that somehow behind all of these emotions there is some core belief that needs to be changed or corrected in our lives. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Which I and think it's probably, it's probably different for everybody. Sure. Sure, I'm sure it is. So, without being a me without it being a big spoiler here, but I just can't I can't help but ask this. So, this book, Conquering Emotional Bondage with the Armor of God, can you at least just kind of like take one of those pieces and say, here's how this piece can be used to help free us from this emotional bondage. Can can you just maybe just take one yes. piece of armor and give us just it a is. few words? Well, I do I do use the armor of God in there. And what I do is is have you take each piece of armor and I, I explain what each piece is really about and find a Bible verse that relates with that. So when you pray, you pray those six scriptures. Gotcha. And I'll, I'll tell you, when you get up off your knees, you feel like you have, you feel victorious then. But I also want to share something really simple called the three R's. Okay. And that is reveal the lie. Mm -hmm. Satan has put a lie in your mind that's causing that fear, that worry, that feeling of being rejected. He's put that in there. Ask God to reveal the lie. Then you need to remove the lie, taking thoughts captive. Mm -hmm. But you look in the word of God and you find a, a, a verse to replace the lie. Yes. Excellent. That is excellent. Because it's not just good enough to to find the truth, I mean, the, the lie, to recognize the lie. You have to actually replace it with the truth, don't you? You have to. You have yes, to. Yeah. you have to. Well, that's great. I'm looking forward to your book coming out. Tell us, everybody a little bit about uh, where they could find out more about you, Carolyn, where they could find out more about your books or order your books that are they're available or coming out. Could you tell us a little bit about how people okay. can get no further so, more um, about you? My website is amountainoffaith.com, so you can find me there. Okay. Uh, if you are a lady, you can come to my Facebook group, which is a Mountain of Faith Women's Ministry. Mm -hmm. So you just put that in the little search bar up there at Facebook on Facebook and hit that you're looking for a group, and um, you can go there. I've got almost 500 women in there. Um, that I minister to. Uh, the book will be out sometime in November. Redemption Press will have it. Amazon will have it. And of course, it will be on my website too. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. I don't do a whole lot on LinkedIn. I really don't know how to do LinkedIn. To be <laughs> but that's where I found you. Was it was there? Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it is. That's, that's right. about the greatest thing that happened on there. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah they can they can find me on those those places they 
they can subscribe to my email list at my website. Oh, that's great. And they'll great. get a seven-day prayer guide based on the armor of God. Wonderful. So that'll be a free thing they get just for adding their email address. That's great. Well, Carolyn, really have enjoyed having you on today's episode, and we look forward to your book coming out. Appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And uh, say hello to the, the Blue Ridge Mountains for me. Would you do that? I will, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, God Thank bless you. Thank you, listeners, today for listening to Hope Along the Journey. We'd love to hear from you. So why don't you send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. That's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Please visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. And when the Stay in Touch prompt comes up, please put your email address in there. We'd love to have you as part of our monthly newsletter family. Today, I want to remind you to look to Jesus, who is truly the hope of the world. And if you will look to him, he will help you to find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.